What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. everybody to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get started on today's episode, a little bit of business, a little bit of news. Um, we are going to be taking the next two weeks off for the holidays, spend time with our families, but we will be back after New Year's and uh, we'll also be launching our new podcast, Unsolved Mayhem, after New Year's, so keep your eyes peeled for that. If you uh, are a Patreon subscriber, you'll be happy to know we'll still be releasing Patreon over that uh, holiday break. So that stuff out of the way. We have another show, Speaking of Murders. Make sure you're checking that out. Which is moving from Monday to Tuesday. Uh, Yes, that will be moving from Mondays to Tuesdays. Thank you for reminding me. If you have a case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, speakingofmissingpersons at gmail.com. If you want to see photos associated with today's episode, check out our Instagram. That's linked in the episode notes and the show notes. And if you want to support the show, you can become one of our lovely Patreon subscribers. You get a bonus episode every other weekend. You get a shout-out on the show. And uh, uh, the other way you could support the show is by sharing it with somebody. Share it with someone you know. Send them a link, whatever, and uh, don't forget to get subscribed so you don't miss any new episodes. So, all of that jumbled mess of announcements out of the way, Shauna's telling our missing person case today. Who are we talking about? We are talking about a man named William Dale Cunningham. All right. We're just going to jump right in. September 18th, 1981, William had left Bloomington, Indiana, alone to see friends in South Bend, Indiana. Okay. It was suspected that he had been carrying around 30000 to $40,000 in cash. Oh, what? As one does. I mean, I got that I mean, in my in back pocket right now. I have $1. <laughs> I agree. I had to get gas. I had about 35000 <laughs> Suburban has a big fuel tank. I have one dollar. You suck. you better have one dollar or you'll get like arrested for vagrancy. I don't actually have a real dollar. <laughs> that used to be a thing. It if did. you didn't carry cash on you, no, they you had to have a dollar. Yeah, just one. That's not a thing now because most people don't have cash. But back in the day, yes. Hey, you there walking? Do you have a dollar? Why, no, sir. I've just spent it at the general store. <laughs> then you're a ah, vagrant. You vagrant piece of garbage. Also, Come don't. here. You're under arrest. You would have gotten arrested if you put ice cream in your back pocket. <laughs> Only in certain states. Okay, we're getting into blue laws here. Because that's where I keep my ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know one of Missouri's that I think is really weird? Sure. You're not allowed to fuck with squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you can't play practical jokes on squirrels. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying like you can't get busy while there is a squirrel present. <laughs> no, you like can't. If there's a squirrel in the room, she said, keep it in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel like Bobby just hears what he wants to hear. Pretty much. Basically, she said, you can't fuck with a squirrel. You heard you can't fuck in front of a squirrel. <laughs> she said you can't fuck with squirrels. Yeah, you can't fuck with squirrels. <laughs> I get where he's coming from now. I get it. You are not allowed to mess with squirrel. Basically, if you have a bird feeder and you put butter on it, that's illegal. <laughs> Keep a squirrel from being able to climb the pole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's illegal in Missouri. Squirrels have rights, too. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, 30000 to $40,000 in 1981 mm-hmm. in Indiana. Yep. Seems unlikely. On September 21st, he had made a call while in Pearson, Indiana. This would be the last time he would be heard from. So that's the last uh, whereabouts of him is in Pearson, Indiana. Weeks later, his 1978 Lincoln Continental was found in a Fort Wayne, Indiana grocery store parking lot, and it was unlocked. It's a nice car. I was thinking the same thing. It sat in the parking lot for at least a month before being towed, which is how they had figured out that it was his car in the first place. Once it got to impound. Nobody was looking for him? No. That's sad. It wasn't that they weren't. It was that... He was traveling a specific path from one place to the other that no one really... It was supposed to be a three-day trip. So he left on the 18th. It's now the 21st. It's just now hitting three days. That's when he gets reported missing. But they couldn't find his car. Okay. Gotcha. So they had been looking for him at this point. But they didn't know that the car was where it was until it was towed. Because, again, he's traveling along this path. Okay. From town to town. His radio and radar detector had been stolen from the car. That was all that had been taken. Police think that whoever stole those things were the ones that abandoned the car in the parking lot, but weren't necessarily the reason that William went missing. It was believed that William had been selling drugs in South in the South Bend area, which is why he was going. That would also explain that the money. grossly large amount of money. Right. Yeah. And the Lincoln Continental. Like you said, to them, that <laughs> would explain the money. Was he a pimp? That's what I was literally no. thinking in my head. Like, No, there's a couple reasons he could have had this amount of money, but... But that amount of money and the Lincoln Continental? He wasn't a pimp. Okay. A few months after this, police figured out that William was supposed to be meeting a drug supplier in South Bend because he was paying his debts. So basically, William would get the drugs, sell the drugs on credit, and then go collect the money a couple weeks later. So that's what he was doing now while he's on his way to visit friends, is collecting all the money from the drugs he had sold. And meeting with his supplier. Because it's, it's 1981 that this was a common way to sell drugs, was on credit. Nowadays, 
they don't do that because they ain't stupid. I don't know. Back in 81, when I was working with the cartels, they made us pay up front. Depending on how much was bought, I don't know why I know these things, but depending on how much was bought, they would make you do like down payments before they would give you the drugs also. So he might have so just been selling collecting. a large amount of drugs. He's selling this a is not large like amount a, of drugs. You're just coming to me for a dime bag. This is you're coming to me for like ounces and ounces. Of he tr- yeah, he traveled okay, to I sell understand. drugs. I understand. So that's why he, I feel you could like buy on he was supplying the suppliers in the town. Yes. That's now I got it. So he had That makes sense. So then he's gonna drive that stretch of highway and collect his money and then pick up more drugs and drive back and drop off more drugs. Got well, it. he had actually owed this drug supplier, that's what they called this person, a hundred thousand dollars. Which makes sense. You're selling large quantities of drugs. Right. It is believed though that he had never made it to South Bend to pay that debt. Okay. So and it's not like that dude's gonna come forward. Right. So now we know that somewhere along his stretch of business that he does, he went missing. Just somewhere along the Probably those. a drug person who didn't have money to pay him. Maybe. I mean it's a it's a good theory. Police think that William going missing had something to do with the fact that he was dealing drugs. I mean, it makes sense. Someone couldn't pay, you said something to someone else to piss them off, whatever. Drug business isn't really that great of a business. Unless you like to live dangerously. He was selling what kind of drugs he's selling. Uh, weed, hash, and cocaine. Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. Those, those, those were the drugs. Just for my own clarification here, because, you know, I'm ancient. What is hash? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> I didn't bother to look it up because I don't do drugs. It's made from the resin of the cannabis plant. It's dried and pressed into small blocks. Which you can use so to mix in with butter like and things. powder form that's compressed into that like makes sense. cubes. So okay. basically, that's what they make your pot brownies and candies and all that shit with. So, at this point, really, all they know about William and his disappearance is what he was doing, which was collecting drug money. This is when the idea of foul play actually came, like, into play for the police. Like, okay, it sounds like murder at I'm this surprised point. surprised they even looked into it. <laughs> I don't know. He... He did more than sell drugs, and we're going we're gonna to get there. Without a body, though, they couldn't prove that foul play was a thing. So they kind of put it on the back burner. And I will tell you that after just a little this much, they put the whole thing on the fucking back burner. But William also owned a drive-in A&W in Bloomington with a man named Peter Musket. They also found out at this time that both William and his partner, Peter, were in contact with drug dealers in Florida. So they were getting, like, bigger supplies from Florida. Okay. The Florida dealers would basically front all of their drugs, and I guess they would just send the money back to them or whatever. It is unclear how much involvement Peter had in the drug dealing part of this, 
but they do know that Peter is the one that got William involved in it. So, like, he started William in the business of drug dealing, but they don't know if Peter stepped away at that point. Probably not. Peter was a year younger than William also. So, uh, probably not. Around the time William went missing, Peter also could no longer be found. He just fucking vanished. But police believed that Peter left on his own. Like, oh shit, my business partner went missing, I'm out. So, they did what they could. They sent, like, the information to Florida to see if they could find the, these drug dealers or if these drug people would come forward in Florida going, hey, we've seen William, whatever. Nothing ever came of it. William, to prove that he was dealing drugs, had also been arrested in the 70s and was on probation for drug dealing and possession and all that stuff. So, I mean, their theory of the drug dealing was pretty much concrete proof. His parents posted a $1,000 reward for any information on William's disappearance. Police, they opened up like a tip line, but they had only gotten one call, which was bogus from the beginning. So, no one has seen this man, or no one wants to come forward about seeing him. And what about Peter? That's where shit really gets weird. So, almost a year later, Peter's dead body was found in Lauderdale, Florida. He was in a, he was found in the Ocean Waves Motel, and at first they believed that it was a drug overdose, but they didn't want to like come forward with that's what it definitely was. But I couldn't figure out what like the autopsy had provided on Peter. Yeah, this is a lot of like drug things gone wrong. But what they did say about Peter's death was that he had not been shot stabbed beaten or anything like his body looked normal there was no bruising no outside wounds none of that so he could have died of just fucking natural causes in this damn hotel they do know that he had only been in florida for a day though yeah that is not natural causes that is i mean it could have been a drug overdose for real but with all that being said William was born April 6, 1954, so when he went missing, he was only 27 years old. And like I said, Peter was a year younger, so he was 26. He was between 5'9 and 6 foot, 100, or 240 pounds. He had sandy blonde hair with gray eyes and a beard at the time, which was really common in the 80s also. So if you have any information on William... Please contact the Indiana State Police at 574-546-4900. Okay. All right. So, like she said, if you know anything, give one of those numbers a call. I'm not personally, I'm not hopeful here. No. No, but I do feel like the family, if someone knows where his body is, the family should know. Yeah. No, I mean... When I say not helpful, that, that I hope that a resolution is found. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think that there will be a resolution here. Probably not, unless it's a deathbed spilled secret. Yeah. All right. Well, don't forget to get subscribed, leave us five stars, share the show with somebody. And uh, does anyone have any final thoughts? Mm-mm. Nope. All right. 
Y'all have some uh, happy holidays, and we'll see you after New Year's. Bye. 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 Bye.